Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of the Better Faster Podcast. We got Adam Billidoo coming back to join us once again. Adam, last time you were here, you, we, were, we were searching for a, a clinical site for you to yep. do a rotation, and you got one, right? So problem yes, solved did. there, and yep. we're, we're at the end of this, right? Last year is coming up. You're going to graduate in May, well, May so, August. So like May, done in August. There you go. Congrats. Yeah. And then and then you get a job, get to start working yeah. in the real world. It's That's crazy. Exciting. It's going by quick. It'll be before you know it. This is the quickest year of my life. I say that every year, for sure. <laughs> But this should be a fun episode. I think we got a few key points to talk about. But the first thing is we have to talk about this this new YouTube channel, this social media presence, BDP Billy Duke <laughs> Physio. So tell us all about that. Yeah. So I think um, moving into the career now, um, like starting in August, I want to get more of a presence out there. Um, so that way I can have something out there for um clinics and stuff to see um, and to brand my name a little bit more um, and bring something else that not other new grads are going to have. So my goal of, my original goal of Billy Duke Physio is I knew I was going to be leaving for rotation um, for essentially about seven months. Um, So I'll be in Michigan for a few months and then in Florida for a few months and a lot of the videos um, or a lot of things I give my clients in the gym every morning. Um, there's not videos for so I was like, okay, so when I'm gone I'm not just not going to take out all these exercises So I wanted to have them have perfect setups of the exercises that I give them every day So that's what it started as, mm-hmm. as an idea as, So like a, basically a bank of yeah, exercise just programs, a bank of exercises um, Database that, Yeah So then that kind of turned into I was like, well, I was like I'd like to have a good demo of a back squat um, I'd like to how how to explain a snatch. Um, so then it kind of just snowballed from there, and I think I have up right now like 580 videos on YouTube. Um, 120 subscribers, so please subscribe. Yeah, for um, sure. Are you monetized yet? What are the what are the current rules? So for monetization rules, you need to have a thousand subscribers and 10,000 watch hours. We can get him up. We can get him yeah. up to that after this episode for sure. All yeah. right, everybody subscribe to Billy Duke Physio. I'm going to put the link in the show notes for sure. You got to make some money off of that because five years from now, I want you to be fighting Jake Paul. I want you, I want you to be in one of these YouTuber yeah. boxing matches for sure. Todd will get me ready. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, you've been uh, you've been consistent now for going on a year with this. Is yeah, I started right? in January boxing. Yeah. Are, are you going to actually get into the ring? Are you gonna Are you gonna actually do an actual fight, an actual boxing match at some point? Well, me and you. Yeah, all right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. All right Adam. There's weight classes for a reason. I just want you to understand this. All right, I got about 25 pounds on you, maybe. No, you yeah. weigh about a buck yeah. fifty. Yeah, but that old age is slowing you down. You're right. You're right. But I'll tell you this: I got that old man strength, so I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good for that's about. True. I'm good for about three haymakers, and then after that, I'm just gonna turtle up and make sure I don't gas out, basically. But I'm not worried about getting knocked out. <laughs> All right, man. So you're wearing a Michigan shirt. Josh is wearing a freak. I don't know what that is. It basically, I'm trying to paint the picture of this. It's it's this shirt. It doesn't belong to him. It belongs to Brett Wicks, who yes. Brett is six foot. Oh, four. <laughs> I didn't even think about how, that. How tall is Brett? So it looks like he's wearing a cheerleading skirt, essentially. It's <laughs> a weird thing, and it's a Jordan brand. So yeah. I got to think Jordan hated Michigan or something like that. It is the worst shirt oh, I've ever seen. Have man. you have you seen it yet? Yeah, I thought it was. It sweet. looks ridiculous. Oh, it it's looks a, it's like it's like my, it's like my a kids. Muscle hoodie. 
it's like my kids, they, they get some of my old shirts and it looks like a dress. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. Well, Josh wears a medium shirt, so. Gotcha. So what, so what was, see, so we had a bet. We had the, the rivalry week yeah, last big, week. Yeah, big so rivalry week. Ohio uh, State, Michigan. We got tons of Yankees in here. We yeah. got some Michiganers. We got some Ohioans. South Carolina, you're going to get that. Michiganders. Michiganders, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what, 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 was, what was the bet here? Is it just a shirt? Is there other things that were on the line? Yeah. So um, Michigan versus Ohio State. Um, the game, biggest rivalry game in all of college sports. Um, so Josh being from Ohio, me being from Michigan, um, I wanted to make a bet with him. And so if I lost, I would have to warn an Ohio State crop top to the Army combat fitness test at Fort Jackson um, in front of all the Army people. So mine was a lot worse, and he just has to wear a Michigan shirt in the clinic all day. I guess, I guess. I mean, it's 2022, so people are accepting a lot more things than they used to. So <laughs> whatever there, but but Josh does look ridiculous. Josh looks like an idiot today. So, okay. so congratulations, that was a good bet. I'm glad you won. Most important rivalry, I, I don't know. I'd say that's Carolina Clemson. I mean, we got to look, especially what happens when those teams match up with Ohio State and Michigan. I mean, it never really works out well for yeah. them, right? Think about last time, the hit, the famous hit all time, yeah. Clowney versus Michigan. Outback Bowls, back to back, USC versus Ohio State. I mean, yeah, it's well, it's it's there's there's definitely a lot of Ohio State bias and Michigan bias right now for sure. But I'm glad to see Ohio State knocked out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then we had the bet with um, the USC Clemson game. This one's awful. This <laughs> one's and we got to talk about why, right? It's a burpee bet. Yes, but there's a catch. Yes. So client of mine, David David Glenn. Um, so last year we had a bet on the USC Clemson game, and it was the same bet. Um, 200 burpees for me, and I had to do it in a 12-minute time cap. And if I didn't beat the time cap, I would have to do it every Saturday until I got it. Mm-hmm. So I did my math wrong, and on the 11th minute, I was like, oh man, I gotta do 24 burpees in this last minute. So I just cranked it out, done, one Saturday. So David's like, let's do the same bet, we'll run it back. I was like, okay. So David has 100 burpees in eight minutes, every Saturday until he gets it. And meanwhile, David, so I recently started training David maybe in like March, and when, during our initial eval, he's like, yep, don't give me burpees. If you put burpees in my programming, not doing them. So this 100 burpees is gonna take him months. <laughs> so you intentionally sabotage, you basically cut out all of his aerobic capacity stuff <laughs> yeah, cause, going into this game. Yeah. And yeah, so David David's a David's a big dude. David's like a muscular guy, right? So yeah. he's very strong. Yeah. But super strong. He the can, endurance. I mean yeah. we all know it, right? It's no surprise. He yeah. it's gonna take him yeah. a lot longer than eight minutes to knock out a hundred burpees. So he's gotta repeat it every week till he gets it. He told me it would probably take him until May before he does this. Yeah, he said no. He's going to hate Friday. It's going to be the worst day of the week. We normally hate Mondays. Friday's going to be his Monday. Yeah, yep. It's going to be a rough time for yes. David. Gotcha. Whew. So, speaking of training, actually, I want to talk about one more thing. This has been just hot in the news. we got to talk about Liver King. Right? Oh, yeah, this, yeah. This, young, this, this is, is hilarious. All right, so Liver King finally got popped for steroids and no surprise there right if you're in the gym world or you've ever been around any sort of athlete sports i mean you there's no surprise i mean he had so kind of sort of denied it or it had always has always had really good politically correct answers where like he could kind of skirt around it not say directly i'm not taking peds but essentially it was an email that got leaked from his bodybuilding coach so more of the story there don't trust a bodybuilding coach with your medical history for sure for real but 
anyways, it turns out he he was taking he was spending about twelve grand a month on drugs, and and his protocol is in there. And to be honest with you, like a lot of the the drugs he was taking, it's not a ton compared to like most bodybuilders that are elite or you know somewhat yeah. better pro. They get that 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 pro card, but I think he was. I think most of the expense came with all the human growth hormone. That's where it gets really, really expensive, and he's getting it prescribed by a doctor, which is the right way to do it, right? He's not yeah. just getting some street drugs, that kind of thing. But one of the really, and I mean, that's no surprise. It's not a shock, but you know, they, a lot of people are accusing him of being a fraud. They're kind of piling, piling on him because he's like, you can increase your hormones, testosterone naturally. And he always gave good advice. I mean, he's basically like, get out in the sun. Yeah, lift heavy weights, get sleep, try to avoid excessive EMF yeah. things from electronics, avoid processed foods, avoid processed foods. He, you know, I think he kind of went hard in the paint on actually eating organ meats, liver, <laughs> yeah. liver. Like this is like the wonder. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, liver is great. It has a lot of you know good nutrients in it, but yeah. so do other types of red meat, and non-organ meats, right? Yeah, you you remember Joey? Yes. So Joey used to be a coach here, um, but moved to Tennessee, and he swore by liver. Yeah, he's I, like I, he's. It's the one of the most energizing things. He's like, you wake up, eat some liver. It's like coffee. Apparently, like, you can eat it raw too. I wouldn't yeah. do it myself, but apparently, like it's protected from some of the bacteria you would get in like ground beef. Say, I'm probably wouldn't mess with that uh, myself, and <laughs> no, don't take my advice on that. But apparently, like you can some of those organ meats you can do that with. But I'm cooking mine for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's an acquired taste. It's definitely got a little bit of a mushy taste to it. But you can also mix it up with ground beef and brown it, and you don't oh. really taste it much too. It's not bad. But again, I don't think it's gonna turn you into that physique liver cancer. No. Here's the interesting thing. So I was reading some of this stuff, and apparently at some point, he claims he went to Singapore and got his myostatin gene edited. That's so insane. myostatin. So if you're not familiar with that, just just Google Belgian blue cow. Just see if the first image pops up. Those are those really huge jacked muscular cows. They okay. basically take they basically take the myostatin gene out of them. And so these cows, they don't lift weights. They just walk around eating grass, but they get extremely muscular, too muscular, and they end up dying because of that, right? Too much of a good thing. But I don't know how gene editing works, but I could no. see that because that guy, you know, again, he's not on this like crazy, crazy high dose of performance enhancing drugs, like outside yeah. of bodybuilding circles. But if that's really the case, that's nuts, and that's got to be the next big thing with athletics and stuff. And, you, and he said he had to go to Singapore with that, so yeah. I don't think that's anything that's going to get adopted in the states unless people are doing it secretly. But yeah. I got to think like you're going to have to start drug testing for or well, well how, it's like, how do you testing. test? Yeah, gene yeah. testing. Yeah, so I, like that's got to be the next era of PEDs, which is pretty crazy. You hear about the CRISPR project? Like that's something that's been going on for a long time. I believe yeah. out in China. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's where it started. But I guess if you start seeing these, you know, freak athletes just with no explanation come out of these countries and and they're winning championships, not testing positive, breaking all these world records, that you got to think that might be what's going on. It's probably probably children right now, but you know, you get yeah. to 10, 20 years and they start to get into adulthood, you might see some crazy things out there. Yeah, because you're. I, I saw this one graph of like the hundred meter dash, and the hundred meter dash is like significantly declined in time throughout the years but now it's starting to plateau mm -hmm. and maybe that's something where we'll see another decline that's yeah. crazy yeah so be on the lookout for that gene editing next big thing you heard it here first <laughs> so let's get into the meat of this episode so we got a coach here student physical therapist going to be pt but you're we're going to talk about this mainly through coaching the lens of you being a coach right now okay. so we're basically discussing a, 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 a how to manage and communicate coaching with a physical therapist so it's really nice for us I always say i get spoiled here because we literally have the gym within our 10,000 square foot facility. So we can always run over and chat with the coach. Coach can chat with the PT. A lot of times, you know, it's technology. We can always do that via 
emails, text, true coach app, that kind of thing. But wanted to kind of, kind of dive into what the purpose of this was, right? Because we highlighted a case before the episode. Yeah. We want to talk about a recent patient who had had a shoulder surgery, a lot of things done at the same time. I think yeah. it was a cuff repair plus a tenodesis plus subacromial decompression. So they just basically cleaned a bunch of stuff out and they the most delicate thing, in my opinion, is gonna be the tenodesis, yeah. where they take the long head of your biceps, they essentially clip it, and they put it in a little bit lower onto the humerus with the screw. So it takes a while for that to, to mm-hmm. basically keel and remodel enough to where it's gonna be able to accept a ton of tensile load. So, yeah, I get that right, is that is that basically yeah, the, so, the background yeah, of that? Yeah, he basically had all that done. Okay, so you're having to essentially communicate a lot with the physical therapist because yeah. Once you get this type of surgery, once you get past that initial six weeks where you're in a sling, you're not doing too much, the progressions happen fairly rapidly, yeah. which means that each week that needs to be reinforced not only with him doing his home exercise program, but things he starts to be allowed to do in the gym. And yeah. he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's getting programmed for you. He's paying a lot of money for this program and he wants to be able to get the most out of it, right? So yeah. can you talk about what strategies have worked out well for you and you know how you keep up with this? Because now you have a lot of clients to manage, right? Yeah. And so it's not like you can just do this one template for like 10 different people. It's highly individualized. So yeah, yeah, yeah. can you talk about just, just how that works, what your process is? Yeah, so basically starting with um, him initially, um, like he was in a sling, so we couldn't do any, really anything like I don't want to say dangerous, but like anything high risk, like running, box jumps, um, even box step ups, because take a trip on that and you fall. So we had to be very, I would say, cautious in the first six weeks with him being in that sling. And like, too, like you think about like cardio in the gym, that's hard to do when you can't move your arm. Thinking about rowing, skiing, even the salt bike, because the salt bike is not really meant for you to not use your arms, because it's just an awkward seat. Um, so really having to make modifications and doing like a lot of drags for cardio, like um, sled drags is what I was talking about. Um, and then moving, just doing everything single arm. Cause you think about it like, you're like, oh, I'm only down an arm. I can still do legs. Um, can't do deadlifts, can't do back squat, can't do front squat. Pretty much eliminate all mm-hmm. barbell type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So just getting super creative and making sure it's not monotonous and boring. Because um, he likes to, like prior surgery, he, he liked to get after it in the gym and do like all the crazy CrossFit kind of things. Mm-hmm. And so being able to reel him in too and sitting him down and talking about expectations like, hey, you just had this major surgery, explaining like what a bicep tenodesis is and like what actually happened and showing him the anatomy of that, I think kind of clicked for him like, okay, like I kind of got to take it easy. For sure. Um, moving forward. And so in, in there in that initial phase you're talking about, that's, that's really good to have a coach that actually understands <laughs> what that healing process and that surgical process consists of and how easily it can be screwed up. But also the things you are emphasizing, the adaptations you're trying to get, a lot of those are endocrine system-based and nervous system-based, right? You're, you're training heavy legs. That's going to increase his growth hormone, which is going to help with his surgical repair. Yeah. Training his good arm, his non-surgical arm, cross-education theory, right? all that stuff going through the yeah. central nerves through the brain, all that carries over to the arm is just kind of sitting in a sling chilling and, and, and mm-hmm. you know healing right now. So it's good stuff. Right? Optimize it. Probably speeds up the, the end of the rehab process by quite a bit as well. Oh, I agree because he previously had a labrum done um, three years ago um, and he said that, and even though he had a lot more done 
on this shoulder um, than previous times. He's like, I feel good. Like I'm in no pain. Cause like he came back like after a week and was in the gym, like doing everything that single arm, a lot of lunges, a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and he said, really, he hasn't had much pain at all, which is, which is awesome yeah. for having that much, much Absolutely. surgery done. Absolutely. So fast forward now, we're, how far out is he now? Cause he's not my patient. He's like 15, 16 weeks out now. Okay. So, all right. So thinking about how it's worked for you over the last eight ish weeks or so with your with your programming do you do you typically program for your clients like all on the same day do you do it usually like a week ahead at a time a couple weeks ahead because i imagine if, if that is the case if you usually plan more in advance you have to do his a little more on the fly a little quicker yeah so he is definitely more on the fly like what i like to do is like i have everybody in like six week eight week cycles and so like if somebody's starting a new cycle i'll write that whole first week and then do it day by day because um, everybody's so variable, like somebody like may get sick or like somebody um, hurt their shoulder one day and then like I got to edit programming that I already wrote. So mm -hmm. it's worth, it's much more time efficient if I just do it the day before. Mm -hmm. um, but particularly with him, um, because he's working with PT. So in PT, um, like Mara and Thomas and Tavi are all working with him. So I have to communicate with all of them to make sure we're all on the same page. And what's what's kind of difficult about that process is like, he's not in PT the same days each week. So sometimes I have to edit things in programming. Like I can't progress Monday to Monday. Mm -hmm. It might have to be Wednesday to Monday or Tuesday to Friday based on, cause they want him doing two days a week of shoulder stuff in the gym. But if he does PT on like Monday and does shoulder stuff, we can't do it on Tuesday. So just making sure I'm communicating on when his PT is each week and what he's doing in PT and we're not overdoing it in the gym. For sure. So, all right. So then, because I want to talk about like the perspective from the physical therapist as well to basically optimize that communication and, mm -hmm. and realizing that that's what's all going on the back end with you and with the gym and the programming. But if you know that the week might be variable, he's not in PT the same days due to crazy scheduling issue, whatever it is, that kind of thing. Cause he's a busy guy. And, yeah, he is. Busy working professional. It, do you, do you have to have almost like a plan A, plan B? It's like, if PT this day, then we're going to do this. If not, then we're going to do that. Yeah. So what's nice too about like me coaching in the morning is like, I can just be like, Hey Brett, like how was yesterday? Or how was your day? So you be like, Oh, I had PT. And like, Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And so then I'll ask him what he had in PT. And then I'll be like, okay, well, we're not going to do half nailing single arm press again. Um, so we'll edit that. Sure. So that's the benefit of being in person coaching too. For sure. Um, so if I already had something written and then find out he got in a late session of PT, um, and then I'm able to edit it. Yeah. So, all right. Then in, so like the comment you made is, is you're on the floor, you're training him in person in the morning. Mm -hmm. Oh, I had PT yesterday. I didn't know that. So I feel like that's something that should be readily available to you. So from our perspective as physical therapists, the first thing is as simple as open up that line of communication, sign in the necessary HIPAA forms, which allows us to disclose yeah. whatever information needs to be um, talked about, even scheduling, that sort of thing. So it also maybe the patient as well talking about that. Hey, yeah. these are my days I'm going to PT as well. But I tend to defer to 
taking as much responsibility as possible and taking ownership. So yeah. it sounds like, you know, it sounds like that could be a thing where perhaps it is the physical therapist just sending a quick message somehow to, or what about the PT delegating that to the patient being saying, all right, patient, it's really important that you let the coach know what days that you are scheduled for physical therapy. So that way we can all be on the same page. That kind of thing. There's multiple ways to handle that. Yeah. And that probably just needs to be communicated as well too. Right. It's like, whose, whose job is this going to, whose role is this going to be? Is it going to be, the physical therapist, yeah, the patient. So yeah, if it's going to be the patient. If it's going to be the patient. Let's make sure the physical therapist initiates that, and, and everybody's on the same page for who is going to actually communicate that. Because that small detail is, is huge. It's very very important. Yeah, I think having that lead role designator of mm-hmm. kind of designating the communication so that way it's like running a business. Yeah, this is exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah. I think I think a lot of times you can look at a lot of things like that when it comes to delegation, when it comes to even working with students and delegating tasks like that too, that if you run it like a business, a lot of times you can manage things smoothly and optimize. And this is, this is the way that you always have to tweak things and create systems and optimize them. And this, honestly, this podcast episode is sort of, you know, becoming almost like a troubleshooting episode, which is which is yeah. good. These are, yeah. these are kind of you know, meetings we should talk about and have periodically as well too. So this is good. You know, we want to figure out ways to streamline that, that sort of communication as well. Yeah. We'll make some notes for us to do after episode for sure. So yeah. uh, anything else important about this, this topic, just about managing communication as well too? And yeah. So like previously, like um, I know like when I have um, like a client go see Amy, Amy will just send me her note mm-hmm. um, and like, I'll be able to read her note and like exactly what they did and what went well sure. and what's irritated or whatnot and what their pain level is. So that helps me a ton because it's just objective information that I can read over and like look screen by screen like when I'm programming and be like, okay, well, this is going good. Mm-hmm. This is what their pain level is. I'm going to monitor their pain level and make sure it doesn't get higher than this. For sure. Um, and this was what works to reduce pain if he gets flared up or something. Mm-hmm. So that's super helpful too. Um, and which is good because you, you, you are a student. PT and you did do clinical rotation with us with Vertex and yeah. so you know how to read and interpret that information but let's say think about it through a coach that has no physical therapy background doesn't intend to whatsoever do you feel like the type of note that Amy provides that patient note that sort of soap note-esque format yeah. do you feel like that would be easily read and interpreted by someone else who's not in the industry or do you think there might be a better system a better way to do that I think it depends um, because like Amy writes really good notes um, and I think those could be read by any strength coach um, but then other um, I've seen other notes um, from other like just being in the hospital setting that are just like one-liners right and you have like going into a, um, seeing a patient that you haven't seen and you're looking at somebody else's note and you're like okay this one line gives me no information mm-hmm. like I have no idea what I'm walking into um, so just that kind of thing. It, I think it depends on how well the note is written and how much um, information is given in the note. For and sure. then when in doubt, just go in and talk to the PT. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I think you know, we always, one thing I'm proud of with, with us is that we, we do, we are very fortunate to have good relationships with physicians and people in the healthcare industry. But a lot of our referral, referral sources are actually non-physicians. They're coaches, personal trainers, massage therapists, people like that around town that send us folks. And so I think that without those relationships, you really don't have a business, first off. But also, 
maybe the physical therapist being the initiator of that is probably the best way to actually foster those relationships, keep them strong, especially with someone that maybe you hadn't heard from in three or six months. A lot of times it's a good reminder, oh yeah, yeah, it's good to, good to hear from Brandon again. You know, yeah. Let me send him this, actually this shoulder person that we talked about as well too, that sort of thing. And there's another thing I'm having a brain fart right now to elaborate on that. Oh yeah, so when it comes to notes, written communication. So we have this, we, we work with a lot of the CrossFit clientele as well too. Yeah. I think you've probably seen it, but we have this, this chart up front that basically has a lot of the main movements in CrossFit. Yeah, so it's yeah, got everything yeah. from your Olympic lifts to even your, your strict overheads, your bench presses, all your squats, and it has like a blank line. So you can make it simple as just scratching one off, don't do this, don't do this. Or if you see this exercise, modify to that. That's been a really good tool because we can actually scribble some notes on that, hand that to the patient. They can literally hand that to the coach yeah. at the CrossFit box, yeah. and everybody's on the same page with that. That's been really, really good. I tend to, when it comes to notes and doc- documentation, I always assume that everybody's busy because everybody is, and you don't want to write a book. And so if it's something I need to communicate, I want to try to make it as quick and efficient as possible to get the main idea, and mm-hmm. then they can move on. Yeah. But I, I think that system works pretty well for CrossFit, and I would think, though, that, again, everything is so varied that if we're dealing with the bodybuilding, powerlifting, all that kind of thing, it may, may need to tweak that a little bit. But I do like that system. I think it has worked pretty well historically. Yeah, I, I have seen um, you guys use that before. And it's so easy because you can, you can make it super explanatory or just put a check. Yeah. Because um, you can put, like, for example, like um, bench press. You can be like, okay, he's limited at, to 95 pounds at this tempo. And then the coach is like, okay, sweet. I know exactly what to do. It's right there for me. Yeah. So uh, if anybody, any listeners want that form that we're talking about, just, just shoot us a message through the Instagram at Better Faster Podcast and we'll send that to you. Sure. Awesome. Adam, anything else? Anything else in your mind at all? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. All right, man. So um, you got a fresh cut tonight. Uh, you go into a wedding. So that's, that's exciting. Got your ears lowered. Um, <laughs> anything else? Anything else, uh, ask us, anything else you want to plug? We plugged your YouTube channel, your Instagram. Instagram. Did we plug your Instagram? No. No, you got a new Instagram to go with YouTube. They're yeah. up. Yeah. No, so I think Reels is the next big thing. Well, it's already a big thing, but... Um, you know what? Actually, I don't think it is. Reels has been around for a while now. So this, the, the monetized Instagram channel is like the super subscribers or whatever. Oh, Have you seen that? No, I haven't. That's, that's the thing now. So it's basically you can charge people to see your... Instagram content, but yeah, oh. I guess you got to build that all you know, so big yeah, time, big I time for that. Big up. Yeah, yes. Dang. Okay. <laughs> so you get that, that Paul money there for sure. <laughs> all right, Adam, thank you again for blocking out your time and, and cut some time out from your workout to come and do this. I thought oh, it was yeah. really good. I think this was going to help a lot of people. Uh, for the rest of the listeners, be sure to take a look at all those links in the show notes. Take advantage of all our sponsors and affiliates. This is Better Faster Podcast. We're out. Give me the range and let me run, cause I'm